Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Biggest questions at the wide receiver position. Next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers. I'm here with Dan Schneier. And today we're talking about the biggest questions for the wide receiver position. I'm working on a piece on that for the FFT, to, FFT newsletter. So go to cbssports.com slash newsletters and subscribe to that. You'll get that in your inbox on Wednesday morning. And Dan, I'm going to start with the biggest question. And I, I feel like I know the answer. Does anyone have a claim to being the number one wide receiver except for Justin Jefferson? Maybe we'll have different answers because I think mm-hmm. Jamar Chase has a serious claim for wide receiver one. Obviously, we know T. Higgins has a ser- uh, has a little bit of an injury history building. Mm-hmm. Chase's stats without Higgins elite. But I also just think in general right now, they figured out something, Chase and Burrow, where there's no coverage that can really take them away because Chase is so good at beating press man on the outside. And that was basically all they could throw at him. Mm-hmm. The back shoulders are there. The timing's there. Rapport's there. So he's one guy. Cup is another guy. Cooper Cup, just because mm-hmm. it's a similar situation. Heavy rapport with the quarterback. Always know where they're at probably 160 to 170 targets probably playing from behind a good amount this year so a lot more targets in that regard so those would be the ones that i would throw in the list yeah the 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 one number that i would look at when you mentioned jamar chase and t higgins he averaged 9.9 targets per game in the 12 full games that he played with a healthy t higgins that was 11.2 in the games that t higgins either left early or missed remember there were a couple games that he technically played but he played like three snaps that's not a game-changing number, but it's it's enough when the margins are thin, when you're talking about Justin Jefferson, probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Cooper Cup would be the case that I would make, but obviously he's dealing with the hamstring injury right now. Sean McVay called it day-to-day. The reports are it's a couple-a-week type thing, but he should be good to go for week one. And the thing for me is just he's played 30 games with Matthew Stafford and you know both of them healthy. His hundred, his seventeen game pace is like one hundred and fifty three catches in those thirty games. That's including the playoff run where he was actually more productive uh, than he had been in his historic regular season. So that's just, I think, the floor for a healthy cup and the ceiling are probably higher than anyone else. It's just he's thirty. He has a current injury. His quarterback has a lengthy recent track record with injuries. So. I think it's fine to move him down. I, I think I have him fourth now with the injury behind Tyreek Hill, who, you know, might have a case for number one. He was on like an 1,800 yard, 120 catch pace with Tua Tungavailoa last season. Uh, let's move on to the second question. And it kind of wraps up into that one. How scared should we be of the guys in their late 20s slash early 30s? That includes Tyreek Hill among the top 12. He's 29. Cooper Cup is 30. Stefan Diggs turns 30 in November. 
And Devontae Adams, who I know you're pretty wary of, turns 31 in December. It's not a blanket thing, right? We don't just downgrade all the old guys, right? No, we don't just downgrade all the old guys. I think Jamie Eisenberg's done a, a good amount of research and, and has found some interesting developments on, you know, when that cliff kind of falls off, the proverbial cliff falls off. It's definitely older for receivers and running backs, mm-hmm. obviously, but 30, that that's, you know, back half of 30, probably uh, on the opposite side of 30, you probably don't want to invest too much, but mm-hmm. I think you got to take it on a case-by-case basis. I think you know it. I think there's still some of these players who have developed such a good rapport with the quarterbacks they're playing with that I'm not as concerned. It's the ones who haven't that I might be a little bit more concerned with. Yeah, I, I always think about like, you know, I, I write and cover fantasy baseball as well. And like Nelson Cruz and, and David Ortiz were two guys that every year going into the draft, people would be like, well, here's the total number of 39 or 40 year olds who yes. have hit more than 20 home runs. And it's like, well, it's a really low list. It's like Barry Bonds and nobody else. But the total number of guys who had done it at 39 was also very low. And, right. and so that's the way I look at it is like, if you're good at 29, you'll probably be pretty good at 30. There's just risk that you'll hit that cliff. Adam Thielen is a guy who, you know, kind of 30, 31, just really hit that cliff and, and became a much less viable fantasy option. So it's not that you write them off. It's just bake a little bit of potential risk into their, you know, the, the floor becomes a much lower. Let's uh, let's finish off with one more big question. Who are some of your favorite late round targets at wide receiver? Yeah, post 180p, I got three guys in mind. I want to start with Elijah Moore, who I've been on mm-hmm. all draft season. Love this talent coming out of Ole Miss. Some of the best film in that draft class. Thought he was a top 15 player overall. Dealt with Zach Wilson for a little while. Now he has Deshaun Watson. It's enough of an upgrade to me, especially when I look at that wide receiver core. And there's been some injuries to Mari Cooper in his past. He's already missed some time in camp. That's given Watson and Moore t- a chance to develop a little bit of an early rapport. So I like that a lot. Sky yeah. Moore's another. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, you know who he reminds me of, Elijah Moore? Let's hear it. feels a lot like Brandon Ayuk. Okay. Splashed as a rookie. Didn't put up huge numbers, but had some big stretches. Second season, didn't have the coaching staff's trust for whatever reason. Started to lose playing time. That was an issue for both Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Moore in their second season. And obviously, Brandon Ayuk, the last two seasons, has really taken a big step forward. So that's one that... uh that's the 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 comp that I keep thinking of. I could see it from the from that perspective. I also want to throw in Sky Moore, absolutely, who is now rising above, and he might be closing in on top uh, double digit ADP. But you look at every ca- uh, practice report, and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sky Moore is getting all of the first team reps. That is very important to get. You know, Marcus Valdez Scanling, for example, played almost all of the first team snaps last year for the Chiefs. Was basically a starting was was a starting receiver. Didn't have a, a highly productive season because he's not that good of an actual player, but he was still able to kind of keep himself fantasy relevant throughout the season. I think Sky Moore has more talent and then you give him that kind of volume and that kind of snap percentage and he could be potential uh, a potential value play. The last one I want to throw out there is a kind of a deeper sleeper, Van Jefferson of the Los Angeles sure. Rams. He's very much slept on, but Matthew Stafford's looked pretty good so far in camp coming back from the injury. And he has great arm talent and can throw the ball to all levels of the field, d- deep and intermediate especially. And that's where Van Jefferson wins. So I think there's an e- interesting chance that Van Jefferson kind of returns wide receiver four, maybe borderline wide receiver through value this year. Yeah, that's the kind of profile that is frustrating at times because you don't know when you can start him. But it's also really nice to have a guy, if Van Jefferson can become this guy, who could have a you know, four target 125 yard game. If he hits on a couple of big plays, that's the kind of profile you're looking for. That's great. If you've got an injury or you need some upside during a bye week, that's the kind of profile I like to have on my bench. And that's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll see you tomorrow.
23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.